thread, a singular thought expanded upon. Thread is the podcast of the Emerge Network. For more information, log on to EmergeNetwork.org. Hi, I'm Chuck Quinley, and welcome back to Thread, episode 14. Uh, In this episode of Thread, we've got two things that are new. One, I have new sinuses. I had a sinus surgery and just recovered from that, so I'm a little stuffy still, but hopefully that'll pass away and I can breathe better in the future. Secondly, it's the first time I've done Thread on the road. I'm in the Kyoto Garden Hotel in lovely Los Angeles, California, in little Tokyo, and I'm attending the Visual Story Network Summit, and this is a group that I've been part of from the inception. Uh, it's a network of those who are involved in Christian media, especially in visual media, to try to advocate for the church to improve its um, communication abilities using visual media because we're, we're changing this new generation. Is a, they're born on uh, visual stimulus and anything important is discussed in media now in their lives, and it's always done with a visual uh, component, and the, the church is just behind in that, and we need to develop some competency. So um, excited to be here for this. Also, though, you're going to hear some road noises because I've got a nice room and a nice view, but there's still trucks and stuff outside. So if you hear something buzzing by, that's what it's all about. Okay, today we are looking at the subject of Revelation. And the fact that some people are very hungry for God's revelation. They are submitted to him. Their hearts are open and soft, and they want him to reveal his truth uh, to them. Other people may be religious, but they are not open to God's revelation. They don't want to hear it. They have a stiff neck and a hard heart. And it is possible for those two people to be sitting in the same room and to hear spiritual truth being spoken and receive it in an entirely different way. So, uh, if you've got a Bible, go get it, and let's open it to Mark chapter 4. We're going to read verses 1 through 20 and comment on that today. We'll be right back. I was truly blessed as a young Christian to be mentored by some senior uh, people. They were missionaries in Mexico, Jim and Helen Mann. And uh, they loved Jesus. They just loved Jesus. They would be worshiping at all times. And in the middle of a conversation with you, Jim just might break off and thank the Lord for something that had just occurred to him or something that just happened. But uh, he just had such an ongoing conversation with God. And I remember one of the things he stressed to me, and it was it came from this verse, from this uh, chapter in Mark. And it's the idea that if you have ears to hear, you need to hear. You need to pay attention if you want God to tell you things and you want him to reveal himself to you. You have to posture yourself to be listening to him and to open up your heart and pay attention to the Lord because he wants to speak. He wants to reveal. And he's just looking for who will you know, opt in for God's communications, who wants to hear God? Because for some people, it's as though, you know, God is spam. And anytime God tries to speak to them or the word speaks or someone who knows the word speaks uh, uh, in contradiction to what's going on in the world, then, you know, everybody will immediately tune that person out. And so you have to decide in your mind. It's a mental uh, on-off switch. 
whether you are available for God's revelation. And that's really what this passage is all about. In chapter 4, it says that Jesus, again, he's dealing with his big crowds because this is the year of popularity. He began to teach by the sea, and a great multitude gathered, and so he followed his plan from chapter 3, verse 9. He got into a boat, he pushed out in the water a little bit, and then they sat down on the land facing him. And verse 2, he taught them many things by parables. He taught them by stories. And he said to them in his teaching, and now he's about to give them a teaching. So maybe that's the first point we need to jump on. Jesus taught by story. You know, I've been uh, preaching for 25 years, and I've had the experience many times, and I know that's how it works. People are going to forget 90% of what I say. No matter how beautifully I say it, they're still going to forget 90% of what I say in 24 hours, and that's not my fault, and it's not their fault. They're created that way. That's how the brain works. We're not supposed to hold on to words. But the part of what I preach that people get a hold of, always, it's the illustrations. They'll come back and say, I remember that time when you preached about that woman in Korea. Well, I didn't preach about that woman. She was a five-minute illustration, but they forget the 30-minute sermon, and and walk away with that story because that's the power of a story. It's like a, I don't know, they're sticky. They get in your head. You can't forget them. And, they, and you can repeat them if you if you hear the story well. So to be a Christian communicator involves learning to be a really good storyteller. Stories can get inside your defense system. Stories have a way to just keep coming back and giving you repeat lessons. So Jesus taught. With stories, and uh, actually scripture says, without a story, he did not speak to them in another place. Um, And he, he tells this story. Listen, there's a sower. These are farm people. There's a sower, and he went out to do his business of sowing. And as he sowed, some of the seed fell by the wayside. In other words, it fell on the path, the hard, you know, beaten down path. It couldn't get in the soil at all. And the birds of the air came, and they devoured it. They just ate it up, and it was gone. And some soil, some uh, seed fell on stony ground, and it didn't have very much earth. And immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. That's why it grew up so fast. But when the sun was up, it was scorched. Because it had no root to it, it just withered away. And then a third kind of seed fell among thorns. And there's earth there, but there's also thorns. And the thorns grew up and choked out the seed as it grew, and it It grew a bit, but, you know, it yielded no crop. And then verse 8, but some other seed fell on good ground. So, okay, this farmer has had three bad experiences already in trying to sow seed that will grow. And uh, the problem was not the seed. It wasn't him. It was where the seed went. The condition of the soil would not receive the seed. And then finally it says, success. Some fell on good ground and it yielded a crop and the crop sprang up. It increased. So it went up, it went sideways and it produced. So it began to bear fruit itself some 30 times. That's 3000%. Some 60 times, some 100 uh, times increase. This is amazing. But then he turns to the crowd and he doesn't talk about 
wheat, he talks about listening. And he says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Pay attention. If you want God to talk to you, pay attention to God. Listen. And then verse 10 says, when he was alone, those who were around him with the 12. So this isn't just the 12. It's that whole inner circle group. They asked him about the parable. And he said, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and set up his answer a little bit. Uh, We're going to see here that there are insiders with God and there are outsiders. There are those who are inside. They have understood his heart. They have yielded themselves to him. They have submitted to him. And they've come inside. And they've become disciples of Jesus And they've become sons and daughters of the Father. And they are candidates for revelation. There's an inside group. And there's also an outside group. Some people are outside because they're ignorance. But mainly, in Jesus' example here, the outsider is outside because he opted out. That's his choice. He's an outsider because he will not submit. He's an outsider because he or she has hardened their heart. They have strengthened their pride against submitting to God. And they may be in the same crowd with the insiders, but God knows. And the effect of the uh, communication of God's truth will be different on them. So now, now this is, let me read his words. To you, insiders, it has been given from God to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside, all things come in parables so that seeing they may see and not perceive and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. Let me bounce through a few words here. First is the word mystery. Mystery was a really big word in Greek religion. It was about uh, elitism. There was an elite secret mystical knowledge that only the priests had. And so there was a whole branch of Greek religions that we call mystery religions. And they were all about uh, exploring the supernatural and finding out things from the gods that uh, have to be revealed uh, through the priest. And uh, that was like a secret knowledge, hidden knowledge. Later, there was a Christian cult called the Gnostics. And that was, we got a police sign there. Uh, The Gnostics were a group that uh, believed that, you know, they had some secret hidden knowledge that the other Christians couldn't get a hold of except to join their group. So you got that kind of human thinking, but that's not how the scriptures use the word mystery. That's how the Greek uh, religious culture used mystery. When, when the scriptures in the New Testament use the word mystery, it means something that was formerly hidden from all man. No one could know these things, but they have now been revealed. It means a thing that was beyond human apprehension, but it has now been made possible for us to grasp it because of divine revelation. Some people use a you know, Greek word, rhema, and uh, by that they'll say it's a rhema word. And what their meaning is, this is something that God himself has spoken into your heart, into your mind, into your spirit, and it has come alive. 
And it's a powerful word in you. And you got it from God. You didn't just get it out of a book. The Lord revealed a truth to you. And that's a powerful thing. It's a beautiful experience. And it's something God wants all of his sons and daughters to enjoy. And Jesus came to reveal. That's what a teacher does. We want to teach. We don't want to be frustrated. And we don't want to just talk. We want knowledge to no longer be withheld. We want knowledge to be revealed. And we want it to go into the hearts of the people. And uh, these are, but because the secrets are not about human things, they're about the kingdom of God. These secrets can't be known by our, our study. It demands a revelation from God. And the things of God, the scripture is really clear about this. The things of God are available to us. The Holy Spirit has come to reveal all truth to us because God wants us to know the truth because the truth will set us free, but it only sets you free once you know it. And it's, uh, you know, what a difference it makes in your life. This is the message of 1 Corinthians. When you are indwelt by the Holy Spirit, who is the revealer of God's truth, when the Holy Spirit comes not just outside, but he comes inside of you and makes a home in you, And when you receive the mind of Christ as a gift from God, then you see the world differently. You perceive things that you couldn't perceive otherwise. And what a difference it makes when the the divine teacher lives inside your head. And uh, now in this crowd where Jesus is speaking, he's got uh, people that are there to judge him. He's got people that are there uh, to nitpick his words that want to have religious debates over everything. He's constantly, you know, stepping around minefields. But parables were for him a very powerful way of filtering that crowd. And he said, you know, I can uh, I can face this crowd and I can say this word. I can say these words out. And to you who are insiders, because you've submitted to God, it goes inside you. And to the others, it just rolls right off their back or it, you know, it goes over their head and. They just don't get it because what God will not tolerate is just some kind of a mechanical, um, not even repentance, just like a mechanical turning to God to join the, you know, this happening thing without a heartfelt repentance. And that's not going to happen. And so this uh, filtering mechanism takes place with God's truth. You can sit right there and hear a word of God being delivered. And if you're not a person of God, if your heart is not soft toward God, it is like nothing to you. You don't receive it. It doesn't make an impact. You're not impressed by it. You walk away criticizing. And I've had this, you know, you take somebody sometimes to church to, uh, to something that, it, I mean, it wasn't controversial. It was just beautiful as God was expressing himself through that man on the stage. And yet uh, when it's all over with, you know, the one that you took, he's, He's commenting on how long he spoke or, you know, some other things. And you're just going, wow, you you really weren't listening, were you? So he turns. So if you want to hear, you got to posture yourself. To, you got to enter the kingdom, embrace the king, Jesus, and enter this kingdom and ask him to reveal his kingdom to you. And that's what these people have done. His insider said, make, help us make sure we're not missing this story. And he says, okay, verse 13. Um, if you don't understand this story, he says, how will you get any of the other stories? This one was pretty clear. 
Verse 14, the sower, okay, that's, that's probably Jesus. It's God. It's whoever the messenger is. The sower has the message of God, and he's going around, and he's sowing what? Seed? No. Verse 14, he's sowing the word. He's sowing the word of God, truth from God. And verse 15, the ones that are on the path, when they hear it, Satan immediately snatches away the word that was sown in their hearts. These people's heart is still hard. They've not been broken up by God. And they just don't hear it, don't get it, don't receive it. Verse 16, there are others on stony ground and they hear it and they immediately receive it with gladness, but they're shallow. They have no root in themselves. The depth of their conviction doesn't go very deep. And so they endure only for a time. And afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises, for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now remember that persecution is the theme of the Gospel of Mark, that everyone who walks with God closely must gear up to deal with being uh, persecuted and resisted at some point. And these people have got an immediate uh, joyful reaction to the truth of the Gospel. It's like, wow, I'm set free. This is so amazing. But they don't really go very deep in it. They're just shallow people. And so they can't, they can't take it. Then verse 18. And these are the ones sown among the thorns. Well, they're the ones that hear the word. But then the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things entering in chokes the word and it becomes unfruitful. Okay, These are materialistic Christians. They receive the word of God. They are changed by it. They are excited at what God has brought them and their little minds turn it into a way to improve uh, the the amount of money that they make. They start to think uh, about how this is going to bring them success in life. They see the principles there. They see the blessings of God and being materialistic. They turn immediately to thinking about how God could bless them financially. And so they're totally focused on the love of things. And because they love things and they desire, it's interesting the way he said it, they don't just desire things, they desire other things. That means the things you don't have. They're envious. And they desire other things and the uh, deceitfulness, the, the trickery of riches gets them and, verse 19, the very top, the cares of this world, because they care so much for this life and they're trying to make this life so great for themselves, then uh, it is their focus and, and it distracts them and they stay constantly distracted and not paying attention to God. And then the uh, thorns grow up and just choke out their spiritual core and they don't produce and they end up dying out. And then he said, but there are others, verse 20, they hear the word, they're good soil, they accept it and they bear fruit. And, you know, we've all seen people whose lives were just so radically altered by the gospel. Their value system was changed. They stopped seeing the world as mere men would see the world, and they started seeing the world as God sees it. They wanted to see it the way God sees it. That's a disciple. So let's you and I make sure that we become uh, good soil because I believe in that parable the choice of whether you're going to be the one or the other is really with you. The Lord has given you good seed. He'll continue to sow into your life. 
And now really it's just up to us, you know, our, how, where we're going to stand in the Lord and if we're going to focus on him or focus on this world. So today we thank God for revelation knowledge and that the Holy Spirit is with us to reveal his truth to all who walk humbly with the Lord. Um, I want to encourage you again to check us out on uh, Quinley.com on the blog. Also, the Emerge Network site, EmergeNetwork.org. Got a lot of helpful things going on there. And uh, if you would, review the show on iTunes and leave a comment there so others can know about the show. And uh, hopefully we'll see our uh, audience grow week by week so the Word of God can go into more hearts. If you want to write me personally, I'm Chuck at Quinley.com, and I would welcome your emails. Well, God bless you. Till next time. Thread. A singular thought expanded upon. Thread is the podcast of the Emerge Network. For more information, log on to EmergeNetwork.org.